The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto and today we have a special guest co-host in Danny Higginbotham filling in for Robbie Hill today. Thanks Danny for joining us uh, today and here are today's topics. Chelsea-Liverpool play out an entertaining 2-2 draw at Stamford Bridge but the main talk continues to centre around Romelu Lukaku dropped by Thomas Tuchel. Arsenal and Man City also playing out an entertaining match. We saw Man City take all three points to extend their lead at the top, but did they deserve it? Wolves shock Manchester United at Old Trafford thanks to Joe Moutinho's late winner. Tottenham and West Ham both earning crucial victories on the road and Everton's struggles continue as we head into the new year. All that coming up in today's episode. All right, Danny. Hello. Thanks very much, mate, for jumping in. Uh, my buddy can't make it today, mm-hmm. um, so thanks for coming in, and uh, we'll chat all the main talking points from another action-packed, story-packed, incident-packed uh, match day in the Premier League, as you know. I think we've got to start right at the top there, Chelsea versus Liverpool. It was mm-hmm. Chelsea 2, Liverpool 2. Romelu Lukaku was dropped. Um, should we first hit that, Danny? I think yeah. we may differ a little bit here on this. So we'll get into the game afterwards, but of course, that was a big story, a big decision by Thomas Tuchel on Ron Lukaku. I'm sure people know, a quick background, the interview, which was three or four weeks ago mm. now, where he was you know, talking about Tuchel and not happy at the club at the moment, played a different system, I try my best, I love Inter, I want to go back to Inter at some point, not when I'm too old. So lots of things that were said there, and hopefully our <coughs> viewers and listeners will have heard most of that. But I was surprised that he dropped him from the team for this massive game against Liverpool. Were you? Um, no. I, I personally think it was actually the right thing to do just because, you know, we've, all, we've both been in dressing rooms before where maybe a player's stepped out of line, so said something that he potentially shouldn't have done. But I think when it's someone like Lukaku, who is the record transfer signing, you know, a, a lot's resting on him as an individual. OK, he's been in and out of the team. He's had, he's had um, you know, issues himself. And I just think that Tuchel was being undermined. And I think as a manager, if you, are, if you allow yourself, you're the boss at the end of the day. What you say has to go. And I think if you allow yourself to be undermined, then what can happen then is that other players can look at it and go, well, hang on a second. <clears throat> if I did that, I don't think I'd get away with it. And I think that Tuchel is letting everybody know who's boss. So I, I'm all for it. Yeah, so let's just try and cut to the bit where we disagree. Okay? Yeah. I think we both agree that the words were out of order. Yeah. Um, I think the bit the bit that we may disagree on is is the severity of the words said. And I think I said on our broadcast that was anything said that was punishable? And this is where we obviously differ. Mm. Punishable. Like, you know, we know it's a big story anyway, and he's made it bigger by leaving him out. And if you look back at that interview, which is three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he's been back talking to the manager since then, and back in form, and back in the team scoring two goals in his last two games, in a game where they needed him... Was it an overreaction? I think it was. I don't think it was anything damageable. So you, you, you argue the case that what he did was really undermining the manager yeah. others might, might potentially follow in the future because that's where we differ. Yes. It, I think the way you've got to look at it as well is that you know, it's, it's been said that it wasn't authorised by the club. Right, agreed. So, so therefore, if he knows what he's going to say is going to be absolutely fine, why not go to the club first? and say, I'm going to go and do this interview. Are you okay with it? You, you know what it's like now. The majority of times when, when players are doing interviews for a club, there's a press officer with them. There's a reason there was a press officer not with him. And that, in my opinion, okay, is that fair, fair the enough. press officer wouldn't allow that to come out. It wouldn't mm. allow it to be said. And I just think that you've got Thomas Tuchel. He's, he's at the club now. He's won the Champions League with Chelsea. He's brought in this star name, a player that, you know, a record transfer. Sometimes we'll see it from players that want to leave the club after they've been at the club for a certain amount of years. We saw it with Harry Kane, you know, he wanted to leave the football club. This, for me, is a completely different situation. This is Lukaku who's come to the club. 
he's not been there five minutes yet. You know, he's now talking about his former club, about how he left there, how he'd love to go back there. But is that that bad? You, you that, pick, out, pick out the bits that was bad. Pick out the bits. The, the, so, so, so I want to go back to Inter Milan at some point in my career, not when I'm too old. Mm, that's okay. He's doing the interview really to, to, to speak to the Inter fans a little bit. Mm. We understand that. What's the bit that's damaging enough to, to do this? Is it the bit about Tuchel's change of system and it's not, it's not good for me? What specifically was it? I, the, it's, I think he's, he's undermined Tuchel, I How? think. What, in what? As, in, what as in terms of what he's saying is in terms of the style of play and, and things like that. But I go back to, to what I said previously, which is, if it wasn't a problem to do this interview, why not tell the people at Chelsea before you do it? Because that's what happens more often than not. Mm. You know, like... I. I wasn't a big-name player or anything like that whatsoever, but every time I, t- I did an interview, there was a mm. press officer with me. You know that that's part of the way things are. So, therefore, if Lukaku's doing an interview and it's not been sanctioned by the club, there's no press officer there, why is that? Because if it's something that's not that bad, have someone with Which, you. Yeah, again, so let's just switch it quickly to... Mm. If you were in that dressing room and you heard the interview... Wouldn't you want him in the team against Liverpool, though? Would it bother you, Danny, that much, what, this, no. what words were said? No, I, wouldn't, I, I couldn't care less. But I'm not the manager. It, do, it doesn't bother me. I always want... I've seen, I've seen teammates fighting. I've seen teammates say things that they're not happy about the managers. It's I, 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 me. Times, I I, so many bad things I've seen and, and witnessed. But you're not the manager. Uh, yeah, and, but I'm the players. And I want, my, I want him in with me. You, you want him in with you. But what I would say is that he's not undermining you. He's not, he's, not, he's, he's not looking at you. He's not questioning right. your management. You know, he's not okay. questioning, okay, hypothetically, if a player came out in a dressing room and did a public interview. Right, like that? Yep. But okay. it's disrespectful to you yeah. Yeah. as a teammate. As a teammate or the manager? Then? No, 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 as a teammate, because that's, that's how I'm looking at it as a predicament, as in oh. terms of would you want him in as a teammate. If a player came out and did an interview and said that... Happened all the time. <laughs> I was rubbish. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but if a player came out and said that, they're playing the same team as you and said, you know, Robbie Musto, he's, he's doing this, he's doing that, he's not right for this team. You would have a problem with that. I would Sean. have a problem with it. Okay. Yeah. And so I would that's have a problem from the manager's yeah, but, side of things. But I'd still probably have it out with him, speak to him and, and, and let's move forward and let's, let's be in a team together. But listen, I get your side of it. Um, there is two sides, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I just think it... It kind of hurts the team, it hurts the fans, it hurts the possibility of getting a result. And, and it is something that could have been wrapped up, I think, in a conversation. Maybe the conversation didn't go well, Danny. And we're going to find out midweek yes. if, if Lukaku plays in the League Cup semi-final first leg against Spurs, if there's more to it. Mm. If he's back in, the, if he's back in, on, on, in midweek, then they've had a word, there was a lot of noise, left him out, I didn't like it. Okay, back on board, play again. And I think that's how it's going to go. Just quickly before we move on to the game yes. itself, we don't want to spend too much time on yeah. that. Do you think there's any more to it where we won't see Lukaku for midweek, maybe the following FA Cup weekend as well? Potentially. So you think, you, you, you think there's something else going on? I just think, as you've quite rightly said, you talk about the magnitude of the game. You talk about the magnitude of the game that they've just played against Liverpool. He could have said, Tuchel could have come out and said, you know what, this is something that's happened. We've got a really important game. We're going to play in this game, then we're going to sort it out Monday. But the magnitude of the yeah. game... And he's still not having him. He's not having him in the squad. I think that that Something tells me that more. yeah, he's, he's he's not happy about it. And I, I probably look at the other side of things than yourself. And I would be surprised if we see him playing against Spurs in in the League Cup. I, I would be surprised. And then I think it's the FA Cup after that, isn't yeah, it? So yeah. there might Tuchel may be looking at looking at this There's and going, okay, let's though. get things sorted before the next wow. Premier League. Game. Okay, all right. Back to the game. Did they miss him, Danny? I got they got a two-two. They came back from two-nil down. Liverpool yeah. start off real quick. Uh, clawed away back into the match. Goals from uh, Kovacic. Unbelievable <laughs> volley. Incredible strike yeah. there to get 2-1. And Pulisic takes his goal really well. Mm. Uh, did they miss him? And, and how do you think Chelsea played in this game against Liverpool? I think the start of the game, you know, it was, it was quite even. Then obviously the, there, was a, there was a mistake. Allowed Liverpool to take mm. control. And they get the second goal. And I'm thinking to myself, Chelsea are in trouble here. But what Liverpool didn't do, which they're usually so good at, is managing the game. They just kept going, kept going, kept going, you know. And they, they didn't really at any point just try and slow the game down when they had that advantage where they were dominating possession. So, as in terms of Lukaku, would he have made a difference? There's an argument to say he would because he's a natural goal scorer and that, yeah. that's what he's been brought into the club. But on the other side of things, if he did play, would Pulisic have been in the position... Um, of what he was to go and score that goal himself so it's mm-hmm. it's a difficult one it's it's a tough one but as in terms of Chelsea 
the character, the strength in the, the strength and the belief of their character as well to come back from two 0 down, I thought was was absolutely brilliant. And then what seemed to happen in the second half, it was it was like ten minutes where each team would be the dominant, then it would switch, yeah. and it was it was a wonderful game. It was a brilliant game, and the craziest thing of it is that they are the second and third best teams in the Premier League. Mm. You've got the top team, Manchester City. I know. It, it was it was a wonderful game. Six seconds in, Danny Higginbotham. Yes. Uh, again, of course, I worked the show. And yeah, I, watched, yeah. I I thought it was a very strong yellow, mm. not a red for me. Now, of course, you know, you read stuff and, and you, you hear stuff. A lot of people thought it should have been a red card. doesn't matter what minute, the first second, yep. the last second, whatever. I thought it was a strong yellow. What did you think? I did think it was a red. I did think it was a red, and I think it's ridiculous that I'm saying this, but if it was in the 40th minute, it'd have got a red, I think. It's, it's one, how many times have we seen it where it, it's not right, but how many times have we watched a game and gone, if that was a little bit later on in the game, you know, that would have been a red card. It doesn't make it right. I, I do feel that it should have been a red card just because the, it, it's an unnecessary force. Let me stop you. Yeah. Where I, where I, where I try and differentiate is, is, is reckless and there's violent. I put, it, I put it just on the reckless side. It's his forearm. It's going towards a player. I get that. It wasn't swung, I don't think, in it. Mm. Where, like, the elbow, of course, is a more of a dangerous thing. Listen, I, I'm, I'm borderline, but I'm just yellow side of yeah. it. Don't you think benefit of the doubt, like, forearm pushing towards the face instead of, a, instead of an outright motion to swing into him? That, for me, was a diff- difference for me. But yeah, you, you explain why I, it, see, it, it's different. I see where you're coming from. The big thing you're always looking at as well is, does a player have a look at the opposition player before he does something? That's usually a, a telltale. And he wasn't looking. Yeah, it, it's, it's usually a telltale sign. But I just think why I thought that it was a red card is, what is his arm doing there? There's no need for it to be there. It's not as always going up for a challenge 50-50 where they're, where they're both jump, jumping straight. I don't think I mean, there's players a... are always jump with their arms yeah. up and there was I, I'm not I, there was a motion towards who was it Aspilicueta yeah there was a motion towards him with his with his uh, I just yeah I mean again just the, the point of difference is you thought it was violent yeah and I thought it was just a reckless challenge are you putting a player at risk with doing what he did could he could he potentially I know he I know obviously he didn't could he have Broken I don't think so. I don't think or so. Nose without I don't think so. I don't think so. Hmm. And I should know because I've had my cheekbone smashed with a... He <laughs> <laughs> used to be good looking long time no, ago. No, but that, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's opinions. Hmm. You know, you, subjective. You, totally. Exactly. People get so wound up about it online and what do you think this? And, but you, we can have... We can have 10, 20 players there, ex-players. Yeah. We have 10, 10, 20 referees that yeah. might say something a little bit different and that's, that's the nature of the game. Um... Okay, so we differ on that as well. Yeah. I think we differ on quite a lot of stuff, Danny, me and you. Yeah, but that, that, that's fine because I was an <laughs> yeah. elegant ball-playing centre-back and you were like a no, 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 no. to get different, stuck in. Different, <laughs> yeah. um, just on Liverpool, now we know yeah. they're, they're going to lose their star player, Sadio Mane and yeah. Mo Salah, Naby Keita as well to the African Cup of Nations. Mm. Um, on the back of this performance and some maybe some worries about defensively, they, they still look a little vulnerable at times. In, in most games, their defensive record is not awful, but mm. they look a little vulnerable, conceded two again here. Plus those two players being out particularly, how are they going to cope in this next month? And can they stay <laughs> within somewhat striking distance of Manchester City over this next month or so? It's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. I think if we go back to the start of the season... We'd have to go back to the predictions. I had Liverpool probably finishing, I'm not too sure, maybe fourth, something like that. They have surprised me. Not surprised me in terms of how good they've been, because I know the players that they've got, but just how well Van Dijk's come back. Mm. Surprised me. Matip's gone up another level. Really good, yeah. Yeah, they're starting mm. to get more goals from midfield. Salah's still doing the same thing. We know that Jota, how he's been. So I think the thing is now you've got the likes of Jota, you've got Firmino. These are players now that are... Potentially, they're going to have to step up to the plate. I think they've got enough as in terms of getting results, but it's just Manchester City. They, they're, 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 they're incredible. They're just they're a different level. I know. And at times, you have to take a little bit of a step back and go, they're on their own level at the moment without a centre forward. Who, who might be closest to them out of these two teams, Chelsea and Liverpool, after watching this? I still think Liverpool. Mm. I think when I, when I look at Chelsea, 
It's, it's funny, got, Danny, because me and you were on the same page. Oh, at the start yeah, of the I was Chelsea for the Premier I League. Thought, I thought I tipped Chelsea at the start to win it. Yeah. Based on what we saw last year, the Champions League victory, Lukaku coming in, the likes of Werner and, and Havertz moving forward yeah. in their development, which still, and I know there's been illness issues, and I get that. Um, so, we, you know, we, it's, it may be a little unfair. I still want more from Havertz. I still want yeah. more from Werner. I think the one thing I would say about Chelsea, my, my assumption was based on the signing of Lukaku. And mm. as you quite rightly said, the number of plays in their second year now and being defensively very strong. I think they have come at, t- they've come at times, and I thought they had a great performance against Liverpool. They've become a little bit predictable as in terms of the way that, the way that they play. You, know, you, you have a number of players at times, especially within that front three if Lukaku's not in there. You have players that all want to take up the same position. All okay. becomes very narrow. And if you haven't got Reese James, you haven't got Chilwell, okay, Alonso's yeah. great going forward, can get caught yeah. out of defence. And there's one. Brilliant there. going forward. Mm. But I just think due to that, and I think the variety that, that Liverpool have is in terms of going forward and what they can bring at I think Liverpool are in a better position to challenge Manchester City, but okay. I do think it's going to be very difficult. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And, and again, that's a big change to what I thought we'd see. I mm-hmm. think we, we haven't seen the Tuchel kind of evolution progress very quickly, and I think that's a disappointing part of it. Just a final thing before we move on to the next game. Christian Pulisic, of course, you know, a player that we keep a real close eye yeah. on, um, and he's been asked to play in different spots. He's had injuries issues at the start of the season, etc., etc. He's been a wing-back. In this game, he started as... One of those little number tens behind the main guy, which is Havertz in this game. He got his goal. Mm. What, what are you? What's your gut telling you about his future at Chelsea? Where he might play? What the manager thinks um, about him? And whether Chelsea is still the right club for him over the next few months and, it, and seasons? Maybe it's it's a difficult one because I think where he started yesterday is where suits him. Right. You know, one one of the two on the left hand side behind you know your front man, whether it's a false number nine. What I didn't get is for the last few weeks, he's been playing as a false number nine. He's yeah. not a false no, number he's nine. He's not, with all the goodwill in the world, he's not a player that's good with his back to goal. He wants to be... Ball Facing speed, forward. Exactly, yeah. driving forward. So that, that was a little bit surprising. So you've got that. Also, the fact of his default position is wing-back. And he's, he's, not a, he's, he's not a wing-back either. So I, when, when I look at it, your, your two number tens, in potentially, that's one of his, best, his two best positions. And on that left-hand side, you have... Mount, you have Havertz, you have Ziyech. Maybe Werner. Werner, Hudson-Odoi potentially. Yeah. So there is, there is an unbelievable amount of competition. And, and competition. But as Tuchel's shown, I think, he's prepared to give the benefit of the doubt to, to the person who's actually doing well, holding on to that shirt. But, but time will tell because there comes a point when you look at Pulisic and you right. think to yourself... Right, right, right. Put, your, put yourself in his shoes. Would you rather toil away... And maybe try and make wing back your no, or would you say you know what? Maybe I should move on to get a regular I, spot in the number ten. I, mean, I think it's too early for that. Yeah, yeah, it 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 is. But it's it's like someone turning around to me as a centre back and saying, "Would I like to make myself a left winger?" I could try it all I want. I'm not going to do that. And you're going to enjoy doing that. No, yeah. I'm not exactly. I'm not going to enjoy that. So so from Pulisic's perspective, you're looking at it and you're going, "Okay, I'm doing something for the team." But there has to come a point where I'm getting the best out of myself. I don't want to do this for throughout my career at a football club as big as Chelsea mm. are. Mm. And I don't think that time is anywhere near yet. But the more he's playing at left wing yeah. back, the more he's going to He's going to be thinking it. He's going to be thinking it. All right, let's go back. Um, so a, that was a brilliant game, Chelsea 2, yeah. Liverpool 2. First half was amazing. We thought it was going to be one of those classic games. Brilliant. Second half wasn't quite as good. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Uh, let's move forward to the next game we're going to talk about. Arsenal 1, Manchester City 2. Wow, an- another great, interesting game of football to watch. Yep. Um, we'll get to the, uh, the penalty decisions in a second, Daniel. And again, I, th- I don't think we agree on these, but that's, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. But how impressive with Arsenal, Daniel? I mean, I, 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 I thought everything they did... Without the ball, sometimes deep, sometimes kind of medium pressing, sometimes high pressing. With the ball, clean, use the wide areas, great. The City 
didn't really want to mm. work back in. Mares and Ryan Sudden don't really want to be running back. Allowed uh, the fullbacks Turney and, and Tommy Astro to get forward. I thought they were very, very good. And, and when you look at the scoreline, so kind of unfair. So just first of all, let's get to Arsenal. I want to get yeah. to your take on being an ex-centre-back on, on Gabriel's uh, performance. But Arsenal, good. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, I, I was looking at, obviously, I watched the game and I sort of compared it to when Arsenal last played Manchester City. Yeah. Got beat 5-0, played the back three. Completely different team. You know, completely different team was, was relying on experienced players, playing in a back three because he didn't really have the centre-backs that he trusted. And now all of a sudden you fast forward, fast forward it to what they are now. A young, free-flowing team, look defensively strong, which is the first time. A whole you know, new defence, goalkeeper, whole, everything's new back if, there. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm excited at the moment. It's probably the youngest team in the Premier League. If you can keep those players together and enable them to grow together, there's going to be exciting times ahead. But the only thing I would say, and it's something i said a few times, is that there still needs to be a little bit of experience in that team. And you look at some of the points that Arsenal do drop, some of the red cards that they get. I know Xhaka has obviously had red cards before. This time mm. it was it was Gabriel, the, mm. what he did with the penalty spot, and then afterwards. Mm. That's why you need an experienced player to grab hold of him before mm. he gets that second. So he, he had no, there was no argument there. Two correct yellows. Yeah. Just inexperienced, like, Emotion, lost his emotional control. But that's in the what game. can happen. That's mm. what can happen. Remember when I was a, when I was a young player myself, and you know you, you'd play with you'd play with experienced players, and you'd be you'd be on the cusp of just getting carried away with the supporters, getting carried away with what was going on in the game. And then all of a sudden, you'd feel one of the experienced players just grab hold of your shirt and just say, yeah. "Calm it down. down a little bit." And mm. that's where Arsenal are probably a little bit short. You look at Lacazette, but his contract's up in the summer. He's a centre forward. You look at Xhaka, Well. He has previously been captain. Okay, he's doing a good job. He gave the penalty away. He's previously been captain. Aubameyang, I think in time to come, that decision will be the making of Mikel Arteta, what he did with Aubameyang, because he he's shown people who's boss. He's not accepting it. And for whatever reason, it's allowing the younger players to flourish now. And the younger players, what happened to them last season, the ups and the downs, and there was a lot of low points for Arsenal last season. I think they've grown from that. And this season, they've just taken everything on board. And if I'm an Arsenal support, this is probably the most excited mm. I've been about this yeah. Arsenal team for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I, I feel like the foundation is there, Danny. Yeah. There's a whole different foundation now. And the team will continue to, I guess, improve. And they'll sign mm. players for different spots. But, the, you know, it's not as though they're young. They're, they look like they've got the ability to take this club forward. They play in a way that the fans want. I think the manager is growing, learning all the time. Um, I wasn't sure about the behaviour of the Bamiyang. I wasn't sure whether that was the right thing to do, to alienate, to discard your top goal scorer. Time will tell on yeah. that. If they yeah. continue to do as well as they are with Lacazette and maybe Nketiah or others, then fair play. Mm -hmm. Well done. Um, but again, I, I, I won't shy away from, wow, I thought that was a, a big, big call that I didn't agree with. Um, do you, just, go, do you go think ahead. Arsenal are now a more attractive club to join than they have been in the last five, six years? It depends who you are, but mostly yes. Yeah, I think young, good young players particularly would be attracted to this. I think good young players would be, and I think exper an experienced player... What sort of experienced player? If I don't know whether it be an experienced champion player coming in. Do they, would they think this project's a little bit too early for... I think... To, and, and Not they'd be looking for that guy anyway, I don't no, think. No, and, and experienced players in terms of a player that Arteta signs and sits him down and says, you know, maybe you're going to be captain. You're going to help the growth of these younger players. You know, you know what it's like when you become a senior player and you see these younger players coming through. As, as a senior member of a team, you get a real buzz from it. I used to get a, a real sense of satisfaction with being an older player and these younger players coming through and you're seeing them evolve, you're seeing them mature and grow. I think that would be, I think that would be something that would appeal to a number of experienced players. players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just let's get to the, the the penalty, the big decisions in the game, the two penalties, of course, either end of the field. Um, I I thought that the initial referee's uh, take yeah. was 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 accurate and was good enough, mm. and that the VAR didn't need to get involved. It didn't get involved in Edison on Odegaard when yeah. he came out and slid in with his left foot. Again, I thought the referee's in a good spot. He sees the ball move to the right. Of course, we've all seen the replays. 
and people send me social media clips of the, the little <laughs> the little in and out of the yeah. foot coming and stuff. And Odegaard, uh, the contact coming on the foot, I, I could argue that Odegaard's left foot didn't go to the ball and yeah. actually stood on Edison's uh, foot. Anyway, I think there's enough doubt in that, Danny, yeah. for the VAR to say, you know what, this angle looks like it's a, it's a good tackle. This angle looks like it's a free kick. Let's, let's stick with the, the decision on the field. I felt that was the right decision. Before we move yeah. on, I'll get, get a take on that. But isn't VAR for clear and obvious howl of decisions? Like, oh my, awful decision, you've got to change it. That wasn't a howl of decision. No. It's, so at first, when I, when I first saw it, I was like, adamant, Stonewall penalty. It's a definite penalty. Then you start to see the replay, and it's like, okay, has, has Odegaard actually ended up fouling Edison? Stepping on him. It's... Yeah. it's it's a really, it's a really difficult one. I think it's a scenario where, whatever decision, whatever was given, whatever wouldn't have got switched. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree I, with that. I think that's, and, and that's because it's such a close call. It's such right. a close call be- between the two. I remember when, before I moved over, I spoke to um, a former referee, and I asked him. I said, "What is, what, what is the intention of VAR?" And one of the things he said, and it really, it really stuck to me, he said, what we want from VAR is to make the punishment fit the crime. So, for example, if a referee, as you quite rightly said, makes a poor decision and he gives a penalty or he doesn't give a penalty, yeah. VAR really, really is there unfair. to really, do justice. Really right. It's to do justice. And these in-between ones, as you've quite rightly said, it's a real difficult one. And we have to be careful because I think what we had started getting away from is VAR refereeing the games. Right. Or re- re-refereeing the games. Yeah. Every challenge then could be looked at yeah. in, in, around the penalty box. Whereas I'm feeling VAR is starting to creep a little bit more into the game to start to referee the game. VAR shouldn't be a comfort blanket. It shouldn't be a comfort blanket. VAR should be... It's a kind of an emergency, like a, you know, you know that's, like you just said, yeah. unjust, that's unfair. Yeah. We've got to, oh, hang on a minute, ref, come, no, 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 come and have a look. That's, a, that's, a, that's really, really wrong. Yes. So yeah. I, I totally agree. That, that's 100%. Right. And that's what VAR was there to clarify to, you know, the clear and obvious, clear and obvious errors, which I get. Mm. But at the moment, it's, I just feel as though it's going back to starting to referee the game again. Right. And I don't want that because earliest, earlier stage of this season, it was great. The way that it, it was, was let, VAR, let it go. It? Just let the game, like, let it, let it go a little it's, bit more. It's not a per- sport. As much as we want, to, as much as people want to say it, sport is not perfect. No, it's it not. won't be perfect. Super subjective, it, people. Exactly. Like, so let that continue, unless, right. as you've quite rightly said, and there's a howler, unless there's a shocker. Then let it do its job. All right, second one. Um, it's uh, it was Granit Xhaka, wasn't it? Defending Bernardo mm. Silva, who gets he gets done a little bit on a clever move from Bernardo Silva. So good at that, yeah. where he, he moves inside him. Referee again. He's in a great spot, Danny. He's looking there. He sees the challenge right ahead of him. He knows the intensity. He's doing it live at match speed. He emotions this. Basically, yep. get up. Yep. Get up. Like, you know, I've seen it. Not enough for me. Get up. Yep. Ball goes out. He gives the corner. Was that the one? I'm trying to think. What, whatever. Yeah. The ball's taken away. Nope. No foul there. Carry on. VAR gets involved. <laughs> yeah. And this is where we, maybe we differ. I don't know. And says, oh, no, 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 no. Hang on a minute. No, no, no. Come and have a look at this um, referee. Sure, well, it was Jared Gillett who was the, uh, the VAR. Mm. And, of course, the angle came. We see the little bit of shirt pull. Again, Danny, I'll say it again. I thought he was in a good spot. I didn't think it was a howl of a decision. He was there. He felt it. I thought he, went, I thought he looked to go to ground straight away, yeah. Bernardo Silva. I think he brushed, the, 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 the legs brushed. I didn't see Granite Xhaka offer a foot out. I didn't see him offer, I didn't see him make a foul. Mm. I get there was contact coming together and of course I understand the little bit of shirt pull but at that point I would argue he was on his way down yeah. so I was okay with the on-field yeah. call but you tell us what, we, what you think we, we swapped texts over it and the only the only reason I can see where the penalty was given it's just how many times do we see a shirt being pulled by an opposition player but they let go alright it happens a lot yes and they get away with it they let go but and this is really nitpicking you look at it and you think, if Xhaka had have let go of the shirt, second, maybe <laughs> split second. I know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, but I'm, I'm trying to see it, from, not from my perspective, I'm seeing it from the VAR perspective and they're looking, right, okay, what reasons are we giving this penalty? And the only thing that I can come to is, it, it is the shirt pull. He keeps, he, he keeps hold of Bernardo. Are you inference because we saw it in slow motion? So it looks like he's got the shirt even longer than you no, <laughs> just yeah, did. It, 
I, I suppose so, but, but then there's the argument as well, because it happened Watford versus Spurs. The same happened, you know, you, you've, you've got the, the Watford player mm. holding on to, to Harry Kane's shirt, I think, as yeah. well. Yeah, you got all so your, you it's, got, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. What you, what you want to have, let's put it this way, if it's, if it's a definitive penalty, you and me are sat here going, yeah, penalty. Right. But the fact that we're right. debating over a penalty tells you that mm, it can it go wasn't one a way or Stick with what's I on know. the pitch. That's what I thought. And yeah. like I say, it goes back to once again, VAR starting to interfere a little bit more and starting to referee the game. I don't right. think they should. I want to see a referee, don't know whether I've seen it yet, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, I want to see a referee go over to a uh, VAR oh, no. screen and not change Well, this mind. one, I, I was in the studio, Danny, and I yeah. said, stick with it. Be brave. They just Stick don't. with it. But they, but they, they might, there's, I can think of one. I can't think of it, but I, I think I remember talking about one occasion oh, where he right. went over. And I didn't even know if it was in the Premier League. It, it, might, it might have been. And, and he said, no, what? Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I like what I, but it might not have been in the Premier League. It might have been a different league. Yeah. But I just, I was just, the, you know, it, it wasn't a howler, mate. You're okay. It wasn't. Yeah. And listen, I know that maybe listeners, are, you know, will be outraged and stuff. And I, I understand it's super subjective. I understand everybody's point of view. Everyone's got an opinion on it. And it's probably, you know, some agree with us, some won't. But my goodness, didn't they get a reaction, those two yeah, decisions? It, it did, and I just, I just wonder whether when the referee's called to go over to, to VAR, over to the screen, I wonder whether he feels pressure to, to, to turn the decision mm. over, to mm. make a different decision. Mm. I wonder whether he feels a pressure of that. Yeah. Because he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't absolutely do. not. Absolutely he's he's not. there to referee the game. Absolutely VAR not. is there to help. Yeah. Help, not hinder. There we go. That's my new, that's my new right. phrase. I, I, we're going to end it right there on that decision. Um, just quickly on Manchester City, Danny, I think the manager said it well afterwards that they lacked energy in yeah. this game. They weren't at their best. I think we, me and you do agree on Rodri, uh, how good he is, by the way, as, a, as, a, as everything, as an everything, as a yeah. player, as a defensive extra defender, as a big guy that can win balls. I've got to say Partey was immense, though. Partey, yeah. He yeah. was immense in that, yeah. in that game, but yeah, yeah. going back to Rodri. But I think, you know, he, he stole, stole it, Not, and that's a, an unfair term. They won it late with a, Rod, a Rodri goal. I thought um, Rob Holding was a little weak defensively mm-hmm. there, that first challenge. But is it, is it a sign of champions that they don't play well yeah. and they find a way to win? Yeah, 100%. Like, over the years, like, when, when I used to play against champions, you'd go on the pitch and you're like, we've given a good account, a good account of ourselves against mainly at that time Manchester United and Arsenal. And it, it, it really stood out against Manchester United, we'd come out, we'd, we'd be in the dressing room after the game, we're like, we're giving a really good account of ourselves. We've got beat 4-0. You're like, how, how has yeah. that happened? They're just, they're efficient. They yeah. are, they're champions, they're playing without centre-forward, they're efficient, the way that they go about things, they, they, yeah. they're just incredible. They're on another level. They're, they're, we, we see now they're, ten, they're a 10-point lead, Danny, Man City over Chelsea. Look at that goal same well. same games played, yeah, 40 goals, plus 40, Chelsea are plus 29. Liverpool have played a game less than both Chelsea and Man City are on 42 points, uh, plus 34. So it's a strong position to be in. Um, wasn't one of their best performances, but it's got to be a good sign that they can still win. Mm. Um, but fascinating game again. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Arsenal. I really yes. enjoyed what they did and how they've come forward. If they can be anywhere near consistent to that type of performance, both with the ball and without the ball, then they've got a shot at the top four. They, they <clears> have, and I think how you have to look at the progression and probably... Being pleasantly surprised as a neutral is that they weren't in my top four at the start of the season. No, not me. You, you could argue they may not even have been. They weren't in my top Danny. six. They weren't in my top four, right? Uh, when we reset, yeah, at, at Bond Boxing Day, I think we went through the superlatives and yeah. what we expected. And I and I love what they've done. And I yeah. backed Arteta early, by the way, when lots of other people thought, "Oh, he's not." I up didn't. To it. I'm the first one to put my hand up. Did you? You, I didn't. D- you didn't think he was? No, I didn't. I thought he'd be, I thought he'd be a good coach, not a good manager. Right. So so. But I still feel they're going to struggle to maintain that position. But I could be absolutely wrong. And if Arsenal get in the top four, wow, just wow, yep. given the change, given the differences, given that difficult start. Right, let's move on, Danny, because mm. we've got other games to get to as well. And by the way, two sides of this game where there's a big story and lots to talk about as well. Manchester United nil, Wolverhampton Wanderers mm. won. Yep. Let's start with Wolves, by the way, because how good... I think we're, we're similar here where the respect and the admiration... For Bruno Large and what he's brought to Wolves, Danny, I know you've got some friends inside that camp mm. and you speak to and you get an insight into how he works, but I don't need that, but I'll listen to it because yeah. I enjoy watching him. Yeah. I can see it all. I can see the style of football. I can see the defensive uh, prowess. I can see the midfield passing ability. I can see you know, what they're trying to do in terms of possession and creating. Goals haven't always flowed, mm-hmm. but they're a good time story and a, and a, and a good time to, to 
respect and talk about how good Wolves are at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I think at times we we can we can sometimes forget that it wasn't about how bad Manchester United played. It was how good Wolves were. Wolves were absolutely brilliant. A lot of the times, not I suppose not so much now, but a lot of the times you think to yourself, you've got to go to Old Trafford and you've got to have luck on your side. They didn't need to have luck today. No, there was no luck. You know, it's... No. Conor Cody, obviously, he's the captain of the club there, and, and I know him quite well, and I asked him about, about Large, and, you know, yep. Bruno Large, the manager, and I said, how good is he? And he said, Danny, said, he said, he's brilliant. He said, what we'll do, we'll have meetings before games, and he just completely broadens our horizons, just makes us really think for ourselves. And he gave me one instance. So they played West Ham a few weeks ago. They won 1-0 at home, and they were having a team meeting, and this was before they went out, a couple of days before the game was, and they had a, a pitch, like, on a, tactic, on a tactics board, and Bruno Large, he shaded in the two middle areas of the pitch. Central. So yeah, central, central lengthwise. And he said, to, he said to his players, he said, until we get to the final third, attacking final third, we do not go into that middle area of the pitch. Because so, if we lose the ball there, then um, Suchek, Rice, plays like that, drive counter on you mm. so quickly. He said, the only time we go into that area is when we get round the back of them. And if you have the opportunity, anyone that's listening to this, go and look at the Wolves goal that they scored against West Ham. Semedo drives inside behind Suchet, behind Rice, and they're taken out of the game and they end up scoring from it. Mm. And he just whacks his Liverpool about him and says, I've got I know, I know we, we, they came back to us that, well, I think he said himself, I think 80% of their work is attacking play yeah, and attacking themes and different ways, strategies to find ways to attack. Great. Isn't it? I mean, I, I bet there's not many managers that no. work at that, particularly teams that aren't expected to be around the top six, eight sides that, that try and do that. I think there's a new wave of people. I think yep. you could say Graham Potter yes. is doing the same thing. They're in a similar spot in the league. They're doing brilliantly. Eighth, are they? Eighth in the league, uh, Brighton, or close to that. It might have changed after today. Um, so that's what impresses me. That mm-hmm. A guy can get on the front foot. He's not worried about, you know, we're going to go and play these, these, you know, these Man United and different teams, and they want to believe in the way that they play. Uh, and that's what we're seeing right now. And um, we do this thing, Danny, <clears throat> every, uh, every podcast, yeah. or every match week, where we, we try and pick out somebody that's been underappreciated. I'm going to pick a Wolves player that I think is incredibly apt for this. A player that I don't think players, the fans of the Premier League, maybe don't know about what he's done in this past, but João Moutinho is a legend. What a player. He's a Portuguese legend. He's an international legend. He's got, 100 and maybe, he's got over 100 caps mm. for Portugal. He's won things at different clubs. He's, he's 35 years of age. We didn't expect the hero of this game, Danny Higginbotham, to be a mid-30s Portuguese star and not be Cristiano Ronaldo. It, so it, it, he is he's underappreciated because people just watch him. Watch what he does. Never mm. gives the ball away. Durable little guy. He's yeah. a little guy. He's, got, he's had a million games, and he's still there in the middle of midfield, knocking the ball, scoring a goal today, cajoling. He looks a million bucks when he plays. Again, he's had so many miles under the clock. What a player he is, isn't he, Moutinho? Yeah, he's great, and, and people talk about leaders. He's a leader, and I don't, oh. I, I don't mean, you know, leaders don't have to be vocal. They can lead by example. He's a player that, if you're under pressure, he'll take the ball. He'll take the ball with two, three opposition Con- players. Confidence around. anything. He doesn't care where he is, and I mm. think he really compliments Neves, and what we've seen from Moutinho, Moutinho is actually the one that's getting further forward out of the two at the age of 35. He can do, I think he can do anything, Danny. He's, he can get forward, he can brilliant. sit, he can play, make, he can do everything. Yeah. And I think if, if you look at what he did as well, the, the goal point in case with Jones, he heads the ball out, no players around him. No. He's probably got beyond the desire to get beyond a couple of Manchester mm. United players to find himself mm. in that space. And mm. Great finish as well yeah. into the corner when the pressure's on. It's brilliant. Well, I'm pleased we've given Wolves plenty of love there. Yes. They deserve it. And they're, they're a big story of this season. Manchester United is also a big story this season, Danny. Mm. And, I mean, I, I'll summarise the game, right, because there's a plenty of things that we want to get into. But it was a real disappointing performance. It was a started out basically a 4-4-2 um, with, with Greenwood and Sancho playing wider. It kind of worked well against Burnley. And that's the way that he went with. He kept Bruno on the bench. Phil Jones was a big story coming into the game. Didn't end being a big story, by the way, because no. he did really well. Fair play to Phil Jones and tremendous credit for the amount of games he's played over the last mm. two years and, and put in that performance. Varane was, uh, was his partner there. Um, but it was disappointing. Ralph Rannick said it was disappointing afterwards and asked some difficult questions about his work and how, what's the progression from the Palace game where they, they look like, well, there you go, this is what we expect to see. The pressing, etc. It was pretty good. Now, everything's been blamed at Man United and you're close to this club. You know it very, very well. Whether it's the structure of the club, 
whether it's the, 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 the constant change of managers, whether it's Oli at the wheel, whether it's, you know, we've got Randnick now, we've talked about systems, we've talked about whinging players that were called out, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, different systems. Does it come to the point, Danny, where we've got to look at the players, the players in this squad and in this team, are they capable of delivering the expectations that the fans, the media, everybody expects from the Man United team. And that expectation, by the way, when you finish second last year, is to be challenging for the mm. title, to be progressing a long way into the, into the Champions League and producing the football they'd expect at the Theatre of Dreams. So I, I predominantly want your opinion on this squad, Danny. You know it more than anybody yeah. else. And we've talked about different managers. We've seen different managers. We've seen different systems and still get a performance like that where the players, wow, they, they, look, they just look average. I think that the problem that you have with Manchester United at the moment is that when I look at when I look at the team, if if we look, it's difficult under under Ragnar, but when we look at Solskjaer when he was manager, how many world class goals did we see? We saw some absolute individual moments. Individual moments. That's Manchester United. It's individual moments at the minute. I, I, you go back to the glory years that they had, and by the way, they're 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 a long time gone now. You yep. know, and they had individual moments, but you know what? They had a team ethic. Right, so when the moments weren't happening, because yes. you can't do these moments all no. the time in every game, no. but you're absolutely right. When the moments weren't happening, there was a, a, a foundation, could win ugly. a durability to win in all different yeah. types of ways. Yeah. And, and I think it's pretty clear they don't have that. No. So, what does that mean about these players that produce the moments? They're not team players? Can they not be part of a, of a team that can, can grind out victories? Again, the players, Danny. Now, I don't know if you're comfortable doing this, but I, I would like to go through this team and maybe some others in the squad. And the question is, when we get to these players, right, are they capable of, of delivering the, ex, the expectation or be part of a team to win a title, to win, to win the Champions League? Be, before, before right. we get, I, they're, but why, why is that the expectation? Because it's Manchester United. No, no. They spent a billion, billion, billion dollars. It, but they are miles away. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's it then. So, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I, th I think. So then, I, I th and, and, you know, it, it, it pains me to say it at times. You know, my, my family are all Manchester United fans. But as, as a neutral, when I look at this Manchester United team, as right. I have done for a number right. of years. Right. Yes. I think we got a little bit excited in the summer. Say they're going to challenge. They've got Ronaldo in. They've yep. got Varane and, and what have you. I think at times, because it's Manchester United... It's like, should be challenging for the title. Yeah. But realistically, right. is it a squad? Well, that's what I'm talking about. That, and so I don't think it is. So when we, talk about, when we talk about the fact of the players that are playing now and you're saying, is, that, is this player good enough? Can he take challenge? them? Can, can this player take them to where? No individual at that club can. It's got to be a collective. You look, at, you look at Liverpool, right? So if you were to take, the, the best way for me to put it is you take Chelsea's best players you take Liverpool's best players take Liverpool's best player or best two players Manchester City's best two players even though they've got loads of them same with Chelsea if you put them into Manchester United's team they make Manchester United a Premier League winning team if you talk the two best players from Liverpool two best players from Chelsea and two best all players, of them just no 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 just, two, just two individuals. pick two players so what's your point your point is that the, 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 the collective team ability is more important than individuals to a certain extent, yes, you've got Salah that scores all these goals, but Van Dijk is incredibly important. So you could have, let's put it this way, if Ronaldo this season was to score as many goals as Mo Salah... Yeah, they've got no chance of winning. They've, got, they've still got They're no chance. They're not going to win the league. Right, so this is, this, is, this is the point I want to make. Yeah. So in that regard then, uh, let's go through it quickly. So uh, another good way of putting it, could, could you see this player in a championship team? Is that a good way of putting it? David De Gea, I'll start off. Yeah. I yeah. could see him winning a Premier League title. Aaron Wambasaka, I'm going to say no, but mm -hmm. to, to the last minute of conversation, could he play for... I, I, I'm going to say no. Uh, you know, but, but there is a way that you can have a, a steady eddy in a championship team. That's, that's, what we're that's what we're saying, right? Yes. Right. So is, does Aaron Wambasaka for you, could he be in a championship winning team? Could he be part of a title winning team? Aaron Wambasaka playing at right back every week. Um, when I look at 
Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea—they're better, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're, no. they're way better. So, you, so that's tough. That's what I'm doing. That, that's what I'm doing. Individual comparisons there, you know, because they're, okay, they're, they're yeah, the yeah, that's fair enough. I think Phil Jones is, is, is a different situation yes. than that now. I think Varane, Varane for me is a yes. Yes. Uh, Harry Maguire didn't play today. I now I'll be honest with you, I think he could. Yeah. Depending in, in, on who uh, his right, partner is, right? So and that, who's in front of him, right? So that's a good enough. That's that's like he could be part of it. Luke Shaw for me is a yes. Yeah, I really like Luke Shaw. Agreed. Scott McTominay. <clears throat> you know what? I almost want to say yes. If he was playing, if okay. he was playing with a Bernardo Silva and a Kevin De Bruyne and and other players, he, he, he's not going to be a det- detriment. To no. as big a detriment to them not winning a title. Mm-hmm. So you like McTominay as well? Yeah. And F- you start to see what we're starting to see well, now. Yeah, yeah I know, because we're not stupid. Right. We don't expect it to be a Mo Salah or Virgil van Dijk in every position. You look back to Leicester City, they had yeah. Danny Simpson and they had Wes Morgan and different people that were able to play in a team that mm-hmm. won the title. That's what we're talking about here. Real quick, Matic for me is no. Now, yeah. Fred for me is no. Yeah. Jaden Sancho. Yeah, in the right team. Do you? Yeah, in the, in, so in, for me, I, I, I don't see it yet. Okay. All right? Uh, Mason Greenwood, I don't see it yet. No. In the future, absolutely. Ronaldo, yep. Yeah, I think it speaks for itself. Cavani, I mean, I mean, it's kind of old. Not so he's going to play that amount of games, but obviously a class, class yes. player. I don't know whether we, we should go through many others. Um, Marcus Rashford, Danny. There's yeah. one I wouldn't mind getting from, yeah? Yeah, it's... For me, see, see, isn't Rashford a perfect case in point with this Man United team that is capable of the moments? But yeah. is, is, is Marcus Rashford capable of rolling his sleeves up in a, in a wide of a 4-4-2? Like, you know what? We're not doing great today, but I'm going to help out defensively. I'm going to make sure I keep the ball, and I'm going to take a chance if I get one. Or is he, is he, is he disappointing with well, his th- career? Th- this is where I look at, and this is, th- this is when you talk about individuals. So I look at Liverpool. I look at Mo Salah, arguably the greatest performing player in world football at the moment. And, you know, I, I, I say that 100%. How much is he asked to defend? Does he defend? No, because the team's built in other ways where... The, so but he's, so, yeah. so he, he will get you the goals. Listen, I'm not saying for a second... Who will Rashford, get you the goals? Who will get you the goals? Do you think Rashford will? I think Rashford... But what I'm saying is, is that if you look at Salah, it, it's a point in case where, for me, world-class, best, best player in the world at the moment. And, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd say that. People can say what they want. I think he's incredible. He's asked to do what he's good at, which is get the ball, attack, get us goals. That's why Trent Alexander-Arnold sometimes, people talk about him defensively. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised chance, he gets no protection. I mean, Salah sometimes comes back. Yes. I know Robbie Earl sometimes appreciates him coming back and helping out. And sometimes he did. I think he did in, in, uh, in their last game um, against Chelsea. But, but I know what you mean. I take he your point. Do, he's not, he's fundamentally, he's, yeah, he wants fundamentally, to stay high. If you look at... I look at Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, not so much at the minute. And I look at Manchester City. Hmm. That team is built for the players to succeed. It's, it's meaning the players are playing in positions that bring the best out in them. It's meaning that the player next to them, behind them, or, front, or in front of them is benefiting from the players around them. I don't see that with Manchester United. That's why I say it's a team of individuals. We circle the amount of players that play today and we say, could they play in a championship winning team? Yes, they could. Not as a group, though. Mm. And that's, that's the thing. A lot of the time you're looking at a team and going, oh, could any of these play in a championship team? And you're going, no. There's a number of Manchester United players that could in okay. the right structure. Okay. Let's quickly, before we move on, we can't spend all... I mean, yeah. by the way, we could chat all day on some yeah. of this stuff. Just a manager-wise, Ralph Ragnick, early yet. Yeah. Uh, the hardest game he's had, Wolves. Yeah. So he's had some kind of simple games. And some games have been decent, Burnley and maybe Palace. Others have been okay, a bit scratchy. How do you, th- how do you think it's going to go? I mean, he's a smart guy. He's an experienced guy. He hasn't managed a, a big, big club before. In this next few months, is he going to... Do you think his work is going to be successful and improve this team as... And then the club say, you know what, this guy, hard at the start, but he's found a way to turn it around. We will have him consult and be a bigger part of the club. Or, as I suspect, that if it doesn't go well on the field, he won't be doing much consulting next season. So if, let, let's just say that he doesn't get the results on a pitch and doesn't become right. a manager. Who, who does a consultancy role then? I don't know. I, they've got to get a director of football. I think he's you still it. like him for that. You still like him for that. No, it's not. It's not whether I like him. I think he's going to be regardless. If he he's going to be a consultant, he's not going to be. He's not going to be director of football. He's going well, to consult. Well, at the moment, you've got John. Consult Mertens. could be anything, couldn't it, Danny? 
consultant could be a phone call. For me, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking if, if it's a consultant, it's like you're the man we're going to to decide who's going to be our next manager. Really? Now, yeah. Call him a director of football then. But they've got, they've got that in John Murta. And he's been promoted from within. So I don't know. My concern with, with Manchester United and with Ragnick as, as the manager is that if everything goes according to plan, they'll probably give him the job. It means the players have bought into what, what job? Wants. The manager's job. Continuing. I think he wants it. To I continue after the season? As the, as the, as dependent the... on how they do. Mm. Do I think he should get it? No. I don't think he should get it because I think he would be better suited to direct the director of football. and coach the club. Yes, exactly. Mm. So if he, if he isn't successful and he doesn't get it, it means it's because he's brought in this style that's not been successful. He mm. then becomes the, um, the, gets his consultancy role for two, year, two years. He's going to want to bring in a manager yeah. who sees the game the same right, way yeah, that he sees right, it. But if it's right. not been successful, well, what do you do? I know, I know. So I look back at Klopp when he first joined Liverpool. I look back at Guardiola when he first came to Manchester City. It, it took those managers time. They didn't do it overnight. But what Ragnick's trying to do compared to Solskjaer is night and day. And I don't think you can do that during the season. It's different fitness levels. You re- it requires different different tactics. We saw to, we saw. The, know, the switch, switched, switched out. We, haven't, oh, I mean, we can't talk about everything, but they switched to a three, which is incredible. Given that goes his, against everything. Uh, it does, yeah. So <laughs> he felt the need, Danny, today, which is worrying. Felt right. the need to switch into something totally different, more like Wolves. Yeah. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Uh, it's a struggle. Anyway, we, we, again, let's move on with these other games. We'll be a little bit quicker now. Um, Watford, <clears throat> nil. Davison Sanchez gets a goal. Spurs won. Uh, very late, a set piece. He glanced it in. Um, what, have you, what, have you, what have you thought of Spurs, Antonio? I don't know how much of this game that you saw is one of those 10 o'clock yes. Saturday where there's a lot yeah. going on at the same time. Um, a bit of a grind. It was. I don't, I don't think Spurs are at their best when they've got a breakdown, yep. deep block. I think we probably would agree on yes. that. And they're better when, when teams come on to them a little bit and they've got the spaces for, for Lucas and Son and for Harry Kane. Are you still confident on what Conte's doing at Spurs? Yeah, I am because they didn't play brilliant, I don't think. You know, they mm. dominated possession, in particular in the first half, but not going any, anywhere with it. But they found a way to win. Yeah. And, you know, Conte, he's come in, he's, he's put his stamp on it. And that's what, that's what your top-class managers do. They have, they have an impact, and they have an impact straight away. And I think that, that players buy into it because of the success that, that yeah, managers totally. have had in the past. Mm. You know, he's coming. We know that he plays with the back three. They've looked, they've looked strong. Harry Kane's now starting to get in the goals. Um, so, yeah, Tottenham, I think if you're a Tottenham fan, the interesting thing for me is going to be, and I said this when he first got the job, was... What happens between him and Daniel Levy? I know because, that's, your, that's your big yeah. Because you weren't sure about him. Were you? you didn't think the fit was right at the club. Daniel Levy doesn't spend money. Antonio Conte likes to spend money. Again, we were different. I was like, you know what? Okay, I get that point. Yeah, I like him as a coach. I think oh, he's, I love he, him he improves. Coach. He improves players. He improves teams without, you know, not always spending a ton of money. So I, that that's going. But it is going to be the interesting that's, thing. That's going to be it's whether it be, be January or whether it be the summer. If if Conte is asking for a certain amount of money because. Look at the money you spent at Chelsea. Look at the mm. money you spent at Inter Milan. He's mm. not shy when it comes to spending money. And we know at, at Tottenham, when you look at the other teams around them, they don't go above and beyond spending money. Mm. So if Conte's looking at Daniel Levy and saying, well, you know what? I need X amount of million to win this team the title. Yes, Daniel, Daniel yeah. Levy's going to make make the decision that he wants to make, and that could be an interesting one to keep our just eye a couple, on. Just a couple of things on the team, individual yeah. for Spurs, right? And, and we know where they're a little bit weaker and breaking teams down. And it worked out. They won the game fine. Yeah. Oliver Skip and, and Hoybear, it, it seems like Tongin Dumbele has just gone off the ball yeah. a little bit in terms of... Because I, I see him as a player that com, can do a little yeah. bit more going forward. I think we have a choice of Skip and Winks and Delhi or Lucas Mora in terms of how they play. Just a, just a quick one before we move on on, on Delhi. Me and Rob talk about him a lot. Yeah. And in, in, in mostly in like, wow, what could have been with him? Oh, yeah. Have you got anything on Delhi that's different or 
you know, it, it was such a, he's, in some ways, he's such an ideal Antonio Conte player. Yeah. He really is a, a Tyro Vidal, a, like a goal scoring guy potentially. Energy, he's got a great engine, Delhi. What's going on? Like, it, different managers now, and he can't get favoured by yeah. any of them. What's think, happened to him? I think he needs a fresh start. I think there's, you know, you don't, I know it's been a little while, but you don't become a bad player like that. I think he needs, I think he needs a change, potentially a change of scenery, just to, just, just to get things going again. Because there is, there's, there's definitely a player there. I think one of the biggest things was, and I've said this about top class players who, who come at a young age and hit the ground running. So you think about this, I don't know whether you, whether you would agree, but a lot of the times when a young player comes into, as he did with Tottenham, all he saw for a number of years at Tottenham was trajectory. All totally. he saw was going, was rising. Start, starting to believe the hype? Yeah, not, not even so much believing the hype, but if you're on that trajectory all the time where you're just going up and you're getting better and better and better and better, how do you deal with that little bit of a drop? You know, you look at other players, they'll be coming as a young player, and it's like up, up, down, up, down, up, down. But they learn from those things. I look at the Arsenal players. Mm. They're, the learning, players. they're learning on the downs and they're bouncing back on the up. Exactly. Ups. And he's just that up, 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 up. And there's a down. And up, How up, do I respond? Mm. So that's, that's where I probably look at it. And that, 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 can be, you know, that can be a mental side as well because you know, we, we've seen with these Arsenal younger players, some of them went through tough times last season. But you can guarantee they're becoming better players mm. because of it this year. Whereas I think with Deli Alley, came from MK Dons, went to Spurs, hit the ground running, running was incredible, was a first choice for England. And then all of a sudden, when you have that little bit of a drop, it's like, well, okay, let me look back on my experiences of when things have gone poorly before to get myself going again. He's not had that. So I just think he needs a little bit of a, a refresh. I think potentially needs a change of club. And I, I still think there's a player in there. Top four, Spurs, Man United... Arsenal, West Ham will talk next. At this point, my friend, yes. who, who would you sort of favour to, to finish in the top four out of these teams? And we'll talk about it because, because Spurs has got to be right up there with a, with a chance. Do you? Manager. Mm. I think the manager has a, has a lot, lot to say in it. You know, look at, they've got two games in hand over Arsenal, only two points behind them. Yeah. You look at the goal difference, they, they're really strong, getting stronger yeah. defensively. I just think that with Conte as your manager, Harry Kane, who's going to hit form soon. Yeah, we you know, start to do it. We start to do yeah, it, Danny. He's not, he's not hit full form yet, and Tottenham are sixth, mm. with two games in hand on, on fourth Arsenal. So I do fancy Tottenham. To the what team. yourself? Uh, well, again, I, I readjusted, and I feel a bit bad about it right now, but I, I thought Manchester United would kick on to finish in the top four. Ragnick said that it's the minimum, minimum acceptable is a fourth-place spot, and I just feel that Spurs sometimes might draw lots of games because they can't quite find a way through. Uh, but, hey, Lack of knows? Europe? Pardon? Lack of Europe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the manager's a driver. He's going to drive them forward. It? It's going to be fascinating. West Ham United, Danny, the next team we're going to look at in their yes. game quickly. Of course, they're in this shout as well, and, and they've had a, a good little rebound of, of late with some, after some poor performances. Um, back-to-back wins, I believe, now on Tuesday, and then, of course... On Sunday, 3-2, they beat Palace at Salhurst Park. Um, another good performance from them and finding ways to win against the Palace side that had some, uh, some selection issues and some COVID issues. Mm. West Ham have bounced back well, Danny. Like, who's impressed you with them? Well, my underappreciated player. Oh, yeah. Tra- oh, like you just set me up for that, yeah. Oh, right. Manuel Lanzini. Yes, Manuel okay. Lanzini. He scored a penalty, but what a finish for his first goal. Oh, yeah. His it was feet. just so, yeah, he was, mm. he was brilliant. And I think that the way that the way that David Moyes plays, we know that at times it's been Lanzini. We know at times it's been Fornals. Mm. Ben Rama in there. Was ben Rama. Yeah. yeah, there's been, been a few different players in there. But Lanzini's been there for, you know, a few years now. He's still got that touch of class, and when he's playing in that number ten role, you know you've got when you've got the likes of Antonio, when you've got the likes of Bowen, players like that that are gonna stretch the game. They're afforded extra time and space, and that's what I thought he did really well against Crystal Palace. Every time he got the ball, he made the right decision. And Crystal Palace were a team, or are a team that are set up to lose to West Ham because they love to dominate the ball. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; they ask yeah. a few questions. They're vulnerable on. to counters. They're and vulnerable quick. to the counter-attack. And West Ham are probably in the top three in terms of counter-attacking teams in the Premier League. But I just thought Lanzini was, was outstanding. So, so you think David Moyes generally, and I, I, I'm asking because I kind of agree as well, generally underappreciates Lanzini a little bit? We know the type of players that, that uh, Moyes appreciates. Yeah. And to be fair to Pablo Fornells, 
I think he's he's he's, he's changed. He's, yes. he's adapted to the new yes. manager. Like, wow, he wants me to, to run back and tackle and to fight. I mean, Fornals covers tons yeah. of, of of ground. That's a big thing. I wonder if Lanzini might start to get the message that mm, I got I got to be as well like that to get in the side. There's no question he's got the ability. Yeah. Do you do you think he can be a mainstay in this team now? He probably will, by the way, because Ben Rama's off with Algeria to the African yeah. combinations, so he's got a chance to play a lot. I, I don't see, I don't see any any reason why not. I think when you look at Lanzini as well, and you look at the energy that's around him, the fact that West Ham, you know, I don't think they get as much credit as they should do at times. You know, Moyes, he is he is much more than just a counter-attacking manager. Yeah, yes. back. They will go yeah. and dominate some games, but at times when they are sitting back, he's a player that can turn defence into attack really quickly. He's got great feet. He's got great vision. So I see no reason why not. But I think Lanzini, just like West Ham, probably at times don't get the credit they deserve because what David Moyes is doing, we, we go into this new season and nobody's surprised at the challenging for the top four. That in itself is, 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 is pretty, pretty blooming good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It really, really is. Listen, let's just quickly go through the last few games, Danny. We, we've been chatting a while here. Yeah. Um, Everton, oh, blimey. I mean, I know it's funny. Every team we could get into some real detail, you know, and we could be on here for three hours. Everton two, Brighton three. Again, both sides loving what Graham Potter's doing, Danny. Yes. I don't know about you. Getting I, his just rewards. I mean, now. getting his just rewards will be mentioned. I mean, if Brighton stay, I mean, they're eighth of my table, and maybe I'm, again, I might be a outdated one game. But in that position of the league table for Brighton Hove Albion, with their budget, with everything else. Yeah. A special. I mean, he's doing an amazing job. A great win um, at Everton 3-2. Quick line on Brighton. Now, I don't want to be forever yes. here. Quick line on Brighton and Graham Potter. Then we'll switch over to Everton. I think with, with, with Brighton, we see with Graham Potter, he's such he's a big thinker of the game. You know, always always looks at you know different ways, different systems. Systems always changing. Play, yeah. play plays in different positions. Their biggest problem was the final third. Yeah, Putting the ball in the back of the net. They're starting to do that now because you look at the amount of draws they've had. They didn't necessarily lose, but the amount of draws they've had this season has been incredible. And he's just got them going in the final third. Mm. And you know they they could be they could be a team that could challenge for that top. top yeah, six, I've just looked at the table. In fact, they the Wolves be, just jumped over Brighton, yeah. so they're now ninth. But still, a brilliant, brilliant position. They're yeah. brilliant. Graham, and Graham Potter, the thing is, he, he's going to get linked to every job when it becomes available, yeah. and he's only going to grow up Brighton. Yeah, absolutely. David, um, sorry, Everton, Everton Football Club, Rafa oh. Benitez. Uh, <laughs> The, the long-suffering Everton fans, 10th yeah, last year under yeah. Carlo Ancelotti, with the expectation to start the season with the new signings and, and Hamas Rodriguez and everything else, lovely football at the start, went, kind of slowly went downhill. Of course, Rafa comes in, unpopular with some. Give me, give me, a, give me a minute on, on what you feel the club is lacking right now and where they might go. I mean, bottom half of the league table, Dominic Avalon was a positive. Yeah. Anthony Gordon, and I'll say this, by the way, that Anthony Gordon was almost my underappreciated player. Yeah. I just, with Moutinho's goal, and I thought there's a chance to really appreciate Moutinho, I went for him. But Anthony Gordon is a bright, is a bright, bright spark for Everton. He's got stronger throughout this season, physically stronger. His quality is always there. Those two players, great. Mm -hmm. Great that, that DCL is back. But have Everton got serious problems or just suffering from lots of injuries right now for Rafa? I think they, they do have... A certain amount of problems. I think when you look at Benitez, he's a counter-attacking manager. And early on in the season, they started really well. And then certain players got injured. What I would say is that the reason Everton fans are so frustrated is that we spent a lot of money over the last few years yeah. and gone backwards. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. I think managers have spent money. Then a new, They've had something like, I think it's 11 managers in 11 years, if you include David Moyes. Right. That, you can't do that. It's, it, yeah. you, Marcel you, Brands was meant to stop coming some of that with director of football. Yeah, like, but okay, then he, well, he was the one and that then he took, fell out. Yeah. He took the blame for, for whatever was going on. We know that Rafa Benitez, he likes to make his, his own signing, so you don't necessarily need a director of football for that. Ancelotti likes to make his own signing. Mm. So Marcel Brands was probably thinking to himself, well, hang on a second. If I'm not doing the job that I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm still getting the blame for it, then mm. there's a problem. So I think what they've done, they've spent a huge amount of money over recent years and they now have players that are suited to different managers so it's a mismatch of a, of a team and they have to be careful because, you know, I know there's a, there's a gap between between the bottom three and I don't say for one minute that they're going to get relegated but, you know, they, they, they're getting dragged towards that way and, like I say, I think the main frustration of Everton fans is that A, they've spent all of this money over the years B, they hardly spend anything in the summer mm. and then C, for Benitez, mm. former Liverpool. One of, one of my fans is, is an, sorry, one of my friends is an Everton fan. 
and I asked him about Benitez. Said, uh, "What do you think about Benitez?" He said, "I will support Everton Football Club. I don't support Rafa Benitez." Mm. So it, it has all the making. I, I, I hope he gets. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that nothing's going to happen there imminently. I don't think. You wouldn't think so. I, you know. They've had some bad injuries. They need Richarlison back in the side, etc., etc. We'll, we'll see. I just feel for Everton fans because we've got a lot of them that support our podcast and obviously yeah. watch our broadcast here. And yeah. a lot of uh, I feel for Everton them. fans in the USA. Yeah. And yeah, it's a little bit tough times right now. Again, quickly, last two games, Danny. Um, Brentford 2, Aston Villa 1. Stephen Gerrard, give me, give me 30 seconds on. Is his honeymoon over? <laughs> Do you, I mean, or... or he can't win every game. What's, no, what's he, the, he, can't, yeah. he, he can't win every game. And he, he, he came out afterwards, didn't he? He said he wasn't happy how, how they defended. Mm. So he's on a really good path. He's taken, that, he's, he's taken the manager's yeah. job and he's, done an, he's, he's had an unbelievable start. To it. As for Brentford, love them. Yeah, love love everything too. about the club, love yeah. everything about the manager, where they've come from, what they stand for. They'll be absolutely fine this year. And full, yeah. full credit to him coming from a goal down as well to turn it round. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I just think Leeds United, the final game we're going to look at, Leeds 3, Burnley 1. Um, Danny, um, Leeds, whew, what a big three points at Ellen Road. I think every win now they, they understand, they appreciate is massive because they're having a tough time. Yeah. They still got players out. Patrick Bamford, the main guy last year, is still out injured. Unbelievably came back from his injury, scored, and got injured in celebration. Uh, and then he's still out. So that's a big victory for Leeds United. I mean, of course, they're not out of it yet. They're on 19 points after 19, uh, which is often a point per game is often going to be good. 38 yeah. probably going to be okay. Burnley, my friend, our last, our last little chat, I think, oh. uh, you know, I, I, again, I feel that Burnley could struggle this year, and I've readjusted Southampton, okay, I had them to go down, I, I'm like, I think they're going to be okay, I think I made a mistake there, but I think Burnley could do it, I think Burnley could go down, I just don't see enough goals yeah. in them, Master Cornet is going to be away now with uh, Ivory Coast, is it, I think, in the African Cup of Nations, he's going to be away, Chris Wood's not scoring goals, no. they're the last, I would say, of an old school mentality team, the yeah, last, because yeah. it's different now with Vieira, yeah. Palace, and and everybody else that tries to play an expansive way, is this going to be the season that they get? And I know you want to say no, but how yeah. worried are you that Sean Dyche's philosophy and this team that's so strong might not score the goals to get enough wins to stay up? My, my concern for Burnley is, is that if you look at the teams around them, in particular Newcastle, Newcastle there's potential there. They're going to spend. They're going to spend they can, they can win a few games on a spin, I, I feel and with them. Burnley, I don't see spending money. And that's one of the things that with... With Sean, with Sean Dyche, he should have been able to spend. Yeah, with the new ownership going in there and promising that we'll support Sean Dyche whenever he wants he and stuff, and that they should spent have been a little bit of money, but and they they haven't done so. That's that's my concern. I'll probably have a better idea come the end of January if anybody's able to do it. But I still feel that Burnley will be all right because throughout throughout the years, you look at the teams that go down, and more often than not, it's teams that struggle defensively. And I think yeah. Burnley, as as time goes on, yeah. they'll scrap enough. One nils or two. Maybe, maybe they'll do it again. It's maybe they'll do it again. It's yeah, going to be really close. close. Yeah, maybe them or Newcastle, with the way the oh. table's looking right now. But it's, we're about halfway in and lots of football to go. That's it. Thank you very much, Danny, my, my friend. Great to have you. And be on the lookout later this week for Robbie O's exclusive interview with Crystal Palace manager Patrick Vieira. I listened to it and it's very, very good. We'll be back next Wednesday, January 12th, recapping some of the rescheduled Premier League fixtures. Until then, it's bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.